Good morning. It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each and every week by your Harford County Public Library. Today, we'll be speaking with Tracy Banger, young adult author. Good morning, Bob Mumby. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I think we were, uh, we were a little redundant in that script. <laughs> we might need to freshen it up. Every week. <laughs> we play each week, but not every week. We play every week, but not each week. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You, had, you added that. I did. <clears throat> I did. My coffee hasn't kicked in yet, I guess. Oh, well. Um, I'm annoyed at two things. What? One is I, I'm gotten addicted to sunflower seeds from watching Ironsbird games and I I'm not sure if they're really good for me but I can't stop eating them. I think the ones that are salted are probably not as good for you but they taste the best. But I think sunflower seeds in their wholesome form are probably very good for you. Well I have the bag here. Let's go into it. It's a bag. It is a sorry for the crinkling folks. Oh, colossal size. I hope that means the nut, not the bag. Okay, so there's six servings in this bag. Total okay. fat per serving, 11 grams. Yeah, you know. Might be good fat, though. But, um, yeah, no trans fat. Uh-huh. Um, sodium's only 90 milligrams. 90? That's not bad. Um, That's not bad shocking. at all. Do they taste salty? Oh, yeah, but okay. I think it's what they do with brine or something like that. <laughs> well, that is salt. And uh, dietary fibers. Oh, okay. There are worse things you could be eating. Okay, so I'm less annoyed, but I'm very annoyed at this. Sorry to um, our friends in government on the Democrat and Republican side of the aisle. Maryland Lottery and Gaming announced that traditional lottery ticket sales in the state's six casinos combined to oh. contribute one point. $2 billion to Maryland's economy. Wow. Combined total of $1.25 billion, 12% increase from the previous record of $1.1 last year. Um, the Maryland Lottery made history with sales surpassing $2 billion. Where do they say the money goes? Where does it come from? Yeah, People... well, some of it comes from me. <laughs> I don't play a lot, but... But I go into the to get gas, mm -hmm. and these folks are in there, especially on Fridays. Yep, payday. And, you know, it's guys that are driving contractors' trucks. It's men and women who come from the hospital after a ship work. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem to be a ton of expendable income there, if I can, you know, make observations without any knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, $2 billion went to the lottery, and $1.2 went back in prizes. And okay. Then, so that's $800 million that um, they, they cleared, and they gave $600 million to the state. So first of all, the lottery kept $200 million Okay. To, to administrate the lottery yes. and the yep. 47 lottery commissioners. Yep. Um, and $496 million did go to the Maryland Education Trust Fund. But if you look at the general funding to education from the state, that's supposed to stay the same, and the Education Trust Fund is to be added to augment it. Right, right. But that's not what happens. There's just less that the state spends on mm -hmm. it. So... Um, I don't like that. It's a regressive tax. It's a regressive tax. And I know we're addicted to it now because we're on the teat. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really on the teat at the expense of people who can least afford it. Right. And, um, it sh that should be anathema to the plank and platform and philosophy of all political spectrums. Mm -hmm. That's something we could agree on. I think you're right. Okay. I'm done with that. 
It wasn't so bad, but very no. important. Yes. Very important. Because I think it's only going to get more important. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay, well, let's do some trivia. Maybe that'll put me in a better mood. Oh, I hope so. Trivia for today. I'm going to start it off with a fun question. What murder mystery board game replaced the suspect Mrs. White with Mr. with Dr. Orchid in 2016? Clue? Yeah. That was one of our library themes a couple years ago. One of my with favorites. With Dr. Orchid. Dr. Orchid. I didn't know that. I love Clue. I'm a huge Clue fan, but I still use the board game that I had when I was little. Yeah. Well, name the... Um, Colonel name... Mustard, Professor Plum, Mrs. White, um... There's seven, Miss right? Scarlet. Miss Scarlet. Which was Mary at, <laughs> yes. at, at the uh, gala a yes. few years ago. Um, um, I can't think of the other ones. Mr. Pro Green. Mr. Green, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, Mrs. White, Colonel Mustard. Isn't there one more? No, that must be it. Six. And name the, name the uh, weapons. The lead pipe. Which was real lead. Yeah, when, when I'm sure it was. I'm sure my game is real lead. It, it, it bent. It was really a, a, a little cylinder of lead. Candlestick, knife, revolver, rope, lead pipe. Was it a wrench? Yes. Yes. So that's knife? six. Candlestick. Okay. Well, we'll have to check that out. Okay, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, MMA is the acronym for what full contact combat sport? Um, MMA. Yeah, oh, God. Mixed martial arts. That's correct, my friend. Not something that I do myself, but I know a lot of people, my brother-in-law included, love to watch it on TV. Um, yeah, actually, uh, it's really amazing what they do to each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's all real? That? Yeah. You I think that is? Yeah, I think that is. Okay. That, it just, there's just, first of all, when there's a knockout, it's a knockout. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, there's you no tell. way they could fake that. There is full contact, and there is no way that could be faked. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, who knows if the, uh, if, if the results are fixed, but the actual action mm -hmm. is not scripted, um, like, Pro wrestling. Right. Which I don't watch either. All right. A little shift here. What is the capital city of South Korea? Seoul. Correct. Correct. Who played the fictional character Phoebe Buffet on the American sitcom Friends? Oh, um, oh, um. Tip of your tongue. I know it. I know. Um, initials? L. K. Laura nope. Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. You got it. I was going to say you got the last name correct. Always talk about rebooting that or doing a 10 series reboot of that, and I don't think they're interested in it. They've all moved mm -hmm. on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. Some of them, I think, um, do well, but I don't think that one would do well. All right. Established in the 1920s, what historic double-digit highway connected Chicago to Los Angeles? Uh, um, Route 66. That's correct. I mean, I'm the one asking the questions, but I also always learn when I'm putting them together. Oh, yeah. Well, I have one for you. The original weapons for Clue were candlestick, knife, lead pipe, revolver, rope, and wrench. Okay. They've since added... An axe, a bat, a, <laughs> oh a blunderbuss, which I don't even know what that is, <laughs> a crowbar, a dumbbell, gloves, a horseshoe, a pistol, poison, razor, and trophy. What? That doesn't even make sense to have all those. And They'll name never the rooms. finish the game. The conservatory, the dining room, the kitchen, the study, the ballroom. Very good. I'm a big clue player. It's a billiard big family. Room. The billiard. The hall. Mm-hmm. The lounge. 
The lounge is my favorite. And now there's new rooms. The bathroom, the bedroom, the carriage house, the courtyard, the drawing room, the fountain, the game room, the garage, the gazebo, the living room. What are they doing to us here? I don't know. So there must be new characters, too, as you mentioned. Yes. Dr. Orchid, we know that. All right, you ready for your next question? Yes, let's Which do it. continent has the highest human population density? Which what? Continent. Think about that. Which continent has the highest human population density? Europe. Asia. But it's so big. <laughs> I, can, I don't believe that. They must mean, mean like has the most densely populated cities, but Asia is so huge. There's a lot now, of there country. is 2 billion people. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll come back to that. All right. What automotive automobile manufacturer was first to implement the assembly line for the mass production of an entire automobile? Ford. Correct. The Model T. Brilliant man. It comes, it comes in every color as long as it's black. But and he was he was quite a kook too. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yes. Virulent anti-Semite. Um, very very paradoxical guy. Really. I mean, he was the first one to add a five dollar day for employees, but he also had a sociology department that would make sure the workers were not going to the bar after work, and make sure they were going to church on Sunday. Interesting. Very, very intriguing. Wow. Well, he created something that is just so common in our world now that it, you know, what an imprint he had on our society. Mm. All right. The aardvark is native to which continent? The aardvark is native to which continent? South America. Africa. I knew it was Southern Hemisphere. Why? I don't know. <laughs> You'll know now going forward. Yep. The southernmost part of the U.S. is located in which state? Hawaii. Correct. That's almost like a trick question. And you know what the easternmost is? Mm -mm. Maine. Because it juts out the furthest. And you know what the westernmost is? Alaska. Like two of the Aleutian Islands are further west than Hawaii. Okay. Which U.S. state has the highest number of colleges and universities? Massachusetts. New York. West Coast. California? Correct. Hmm. Interesting. Not really very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, right? Right. It is what it is. What else we got? Oh, that's it, my friend. You that did is? great. Yes. Okay, I have one for you. Oh, Actually, no, no, let's do some news. Okay. And um because we have to uh we have to get Tracy on the line cuz that's going to be a fun conversation. Um, quick news, uh, uh, good news, work is to begin this fall on the Main Street Crossing in Bel Air to, the, to, to be the last phase of the Mountain Park connection. Ooh, yay. I know a lot of people yes. are waiting for that. Yes, and it's going to, it'll be, uh, seven and a half miles long. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, which I can't wait for. And it's not because the quote is, um... Uh, the big picture here is the Glassman administration is pleased to be moving forward on this project, Mumby said. <laughs> <laughs> Your better half. And she didn't m tell me to do that. No, that's exciting news across the, other, the board. The other news is we really have to watch, and we'll cover it more next week. The Conowingo Dam is full. Mm -hmm. And as we realized during the storms of the last few weeks, there is... A continent flowing over that dam mm -hmm. in sediment and debris and nutrient-laden water. And it ain't good. It ain't good for the flats. It ain't good for the bay. And, you know, we're talking billions in infrastructure upgrades that need to be made. And mm -hmm. the, so we'll talk more about it because I think it's imperative that everybody gets educated on this because... Um, we got to do something now. Yeah. Um, I think we, it really bubbled to the surface after this storm. I think you're right, yep. you know. But the, the dam is full. In other words, the sediment behind the dam 
has reached the point where anything new coming down the river just flows over it. Oh, wow. And it even scours some phosphorus from the existing sediment. So no sediment is being captured anymore at the dam. So wow. all those tons of sediment each day. And if you look on the streams and in the bay and the rivers, um, the water is brown, mm -hmm. which means that we're not doing a good job, or Pennsylvania and New York are not doing a good job, of sediment control and uh, stormwater retention. Because when it's brown, it means it's causing erosion, it's taking all that dirt and clay and soil and farm runoff with it. And that causes algae blooms, it causes dead zones, crabs can't live, fish can't live. Um, it's really uh, an emergency. So let us see where that goes. Maybe we'll get some leadership. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's take a little break now. When we come back, we'll be talking with young adult author Tracy Banger. Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Hartford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot, professional green screen with studio light box, and both Apple and Windows computers. All to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. And this is the Hartford Edge. We're delighted today to have Tracy Bangert on the line with us. Author Tracy Banger grew up in Norrisville and graduated from North Hartford High School. In addition, she attended Hartford Day School for elementary and middle school. Her parents are retired Hartford County Public School teachers. Her mother taught chorus and guitar at North, Tex North Hartford High School and is currently the musical director of the Deer Creek Choral. 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 That's easy for you to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, Tracy. Her father taught English and journalism at C. Milton Wright High School. That was much easier for me. Yeah. Currently an Army wife and mom, Bangert holds a master's degree in publishing. She resides in Kentucky with her husband, son, and pets. She wrote Grace and Fury while living in Hawaii. Tracy spent her summers on a remote island in northern Ontario and cites her childhood for reading addiction, writing obsession, and several serious books book boyfriends. Welcome, Tracy, and thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah, well, we have, uh, first of all, we want to live your life, Tracy. Yes. <laughs> except I, for the I do part, a good bit of traveling. <laughs> except for the part where the kids are really being a pain in the neck. <laughs> but um, uh, let's go right to the book boyfriends. What does that mean? Well... I guess it's a it's a little bit of a young adult writer thing, but um, we YA authors love a little romance in our novels, so um, it's kind of a joke about the different um, book characters that we all sort of fall in love with. Now, since you're creating those characters, what does can we glean anything from that? <laughs> are, are, you, are you sort of Creating your platonic archetype, a type of a of a of a boyfriend. Um, I don't know about that. I think um, my husband uh, has inspired a couple of my characters, um, and I tend to honestly think more about my female characters than my male characters. I think, but um, just because they're the ones I think that that. I kind of see myself in, um, but we all we all love a good male love interest. So. Yes, we do. Yes, even us guys. <laughs> Who would be your love interest, Bob? <laughs> Put you on the spot here. Well, I'm going to write. I'll write her. Okay. And then then um, I'll send it to both of you. Okay. There you um, go. <laughs> I just reread Great Gatsby. And oh, 
I do like that Daisy. I don't know why. She is bad, <laughs> but you do love her. Um, okay, well, let's, we we diverged right away. We started with um, <laughs> Chapter 3. Uh, so uh, tell us a little about yourself. You wrote a great um, uh, bio there that really captures it. Where are you living now? You're um, Kentucky. Um, right now I live in Fort Knox, Kentucky, which is um, a sort of a new a new spot for us. Um, my husband's in the Army, so we travel a lot, and uh, we spent we spent the last couple of years living in Hawaii. So this is kind of a big change. Oh, I bet. <laughs> living in Kentucky. But it's kind of nice to have seasons again, although mm-hmm. I'm excited about fall my, um, and getting out of the hot weather. Yeah, yeah I, I have a, a buddy who moved around a lot, and um, his company, he was running the West Coast for his company that ran to bring him to headquarters. He lived in... San Diego, and they told me to move to Minneapolis. Oh, oh wow. it's like a promotion yeah. to motion. <laughs> um, yeah, we moved. We moved from Hawaii in uh, sort of mid-February, oh, so it was harder. <laughs> it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, <laughs> and, a lot of snow here. And in Northern Ontario, um, I guess because your parents were both educators, you did mm-hmm. have decent blocks of time in the summer. It sounds like. Uh, to we get did. away. We did. We, um, my family has a cottage in um, a place called Tamagami, and it's a little cabin on an island in the middle of a lake. So we used to go up there in the summer. They still do. I still do. We, I've, I just got back a couple weeks ago, actually. And um, it's, it was a great experience to, to you know, be out in nature. When I was a kid, we didn't have a TV or Internet or a phone even. Um, so I did a lot of reading up there, and I think that has a lot to do with my writing aspirations because um, I sort of, you know, books were my life in the summers. I didn't have a lot of friends up there, so it was, you know, they were my friends, and I think that really inspired me to want to write my own stories. And uh, we, all of us who love to read, I, I can does it bring you back when you wake up in the morning and then you realize you're going to go out to one of your favorite spots and read the second half of a book you love? You almost ran to that mm-hmm. spot, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. We, there's a lot of, like, sitting on the dock and, you know, seeing the nice water and just reading my book. That's kind of my, my idea of paradise, I think. Uh, we'll put you on the spot. Name two or three of your favorite books. <laughs> Um, and which, which, child, on the spot. <laughs> which child do you love most? Also? <laughs> um, I read a lot of young adult fantasy and young adult in general. Um, that's what I've always loved. That's what I love to write. I think a couple of the ones that I've read recently that I've just absolutely fallen in love with, um, The Bells by Danielle Clayton mm-hmm. is beautifully written, and it's sort of this lovely kind of... Um, world that sort of hides this dark underbelly, which is really fun. And um, I'm reading a book called The Diminished right now by Caitlin Sage Patterson. And her world building is absolutely incredible. I'm loving it. And uh, she writes about siblings as well. So um, that's really fun for me. So well, we have one for, you, one for you to read. But do you know Kate Messner? Mm-hmm. Her book, The Seventh Wish. Um, we just um, uh, put that on my list. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was just down. It's about uh, a family um, and a, a young woman of twelve or thirteen whose older sister goes to college and becomes addicted. And it's brilliant study of um, of the dynamics when this happens to a family where you know they're so instead of it being viewed as a disease, they think, "What did we do wrong? Or are we weak? Did we have a character failing?" And mm-hmm. She did a great job, and she came down and did a tour, uh, did a sp- uh, speech at every one of our middle schools. Yeah, cool. we did uh, book groups at the middle schools, and then she came down and did a presentation in November. Oh, wow. And it was just very powerful, very powerful. So the reason we're here, and we can't wait, is uh, Saturday, September 22nd. Um, we have a Meet the Author, meet the author event. Um uh, of your new book, Grace and Fury. Yep. And 
at the that's at the Bel Air Library Saturday, September twenty second, from two to four. Correct. And before we talk about the book, how do folks find out more about Tracy and your books, etc.? Is it Tracy Bang Banger dot com? Correct. T R A C Y B A N G H A R T dot com. Do you have any other sites where you'd like to send people? Um, or is that pretty much where they can start? Um, I think that's a great start. I know that the library, um, if you follow the Bel Air Library, they've been posting about the event um, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have Instagram and Twitter, Tracy the Writer, if you want to follow me there. Tracy the Writer. How that's a great that? moniker. That's a, you know, that you would have thought that would be something that was taken already. Well, I, I took it a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I started out quite a while ago, so I guess I got in there early. Good job. <laughs> um, so, uh, Grace and Fury, tell us about Grace and Fury. Um, it's a YA fantasy um, about two sisters who grow up in a um, very patriarchal, oppressive sort of fantasy world. Um, sort of and, like society. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, um, they both sort of get trapped in two very different kinds of prisons. One is in the palace, and the other one is on a, on a volcanic island that is a literal prison for women. And... Um, they both have to try to reunite, like they're trying to find each other again and also survive in their new circumstances. And um, so There's a lot of, you know, excitement and bloodshed and political intrigue and ball gowns. I like the volcanic <laughs> prison island, too. Yeah. I, well, that was inspired by living in Hawaii. We went, we, we did a couple family trips to the big island, and this was sort of pre-massive, you know, sure. eruption, but um, it's been, it's still an active, it was an active volcano before that. So we went and saw the, the caldera and walked through a lava tube, and I was fortunate enough to do a, a helicopter tour with my parents over the actual summit of the volcano, and it was just really inspiring, the topography, the the black volcanic rock and just how sort of, you know, you'd have the jungle on one side and then this like very almost like moonscape kind of landscape on the other. And I found, I just thought it was such a cool setting. So that's, that's what inspired Mount Ruin, my volcanic prison. Which was your second helicopter ride with your father, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> we do our I, homework. I, I, I'm impressed. Yes, I, I also I have also been in a helicopter with my father before that, back in college or right before college, when we were airlifted to safety after a canoe trip gone wrong. Gone awry. <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, it was right before I started college, and my dad took me on this big canoe trip, the two of us, and up. And this is very, very far northern Ontario, and. Um, there was really low water. It was a river that wasn't frequently canoed, and um, my mom got nervous. And my dad now, when he goes on these trips, he takes a satellite phone, but at the time that was sure. kind of new technology, and he didn't have one. So she got really worried because we were late. So she called the Canadian police, and they, like, came and searched for us. And uh, we were okay. We were fine. We weren't injured or anything, but we were late. So they, they found us, and they brought us. <laughs> to your mother <laughs> yeah and called my mom and told her we were okay so but, but how many was it how many days have i told you so was it or was oh you... it's just gonna say oh gosh <laughs> your poor and dad we you at so least got late. to go off to college <laughs> it was i mean it, and we were really cutting it close because it, we were up in moosonee which is like right on the hudson bay and we had to get from there to north carolina to davidson college in like two days and we had to stop in Maryland to get all of my stuff for college and pack. I hadn't packed or anything. Oh, my gosh. So we drove, I think, we drove, you know, it was like two 24-hour drives or something just to do, just to get there in time. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind right before. Well, that, it sort of made the first week of school a little more 
uh, you know, easy yeah. in comparison. Yeah, it sort of put things into perspective a little bit. Um, Grace and Fury, what, uh, what inspired it? And I love the name. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's sort of a fun game to for readers to see if they can figure out which sister is the Grace and which is the Fury, mm-hmm. and, and whether that changes um, throughout the story. Um, it was so the setting was inspired by Hawaii, and then also there's an Italian sort of element to the palace. Um, the story itself. Uh, w- it's similar to my other stuff in the sense that I really love to write about um, female characters, female, uh, you know, women and girls who are finding their own agency and finding their power. Um, In this case, the women of the society are really subjugated and don't have any power. And my two sisters come at it from different perspectives. One of them is, is a bit of a rebel um, she's secretly taught herself to read. She's um, she sort of fights against this kind of oppressive patriarchy, um, and then the other sister kind of buys in, and she she just wants what's best for her family. She feels the weight of the expectations that are put on her, and she wants to fulfill them. And um, they're both sort of taken out of their comfort zones mm-hmm. and have to sort of, um, you know. The, the sister who's always sort of bought in has to learn how to rebel, and the sister who has always rebelled has to learn how to sort of play within the rules to, to get what she wants. And it was really fun to kind of put them in these opposing places and sort of play that out and see how their characters changed and how their circumstances changed. And uh, I think in terms of inspiration, you know, again, um, I wrote this at a time where I was feeling a little bit like the world wasn't exactly what I thought it was, and um, it was sort of at the very edge of the Me Too movement and and kind of that sort of realization that, like, maybe we hadn't made quite as much progress as women in this country as I thought. So there's a little bit of internal author fury going Mm -hmm. into it, Mm -hmm. but... And, um, um, well, it's, it's so, so many times, and a lot of the, book, the books I've recently read have really put that in stark relief about uh, uh, the, the boxes that were all put in, but mostly others, mm-hmm. who we call others, those yep. of us that are more privileged, part of the power structure. Um, yeah. But um, there's nothing... Um, that brings it home to people than than this imagery and uh, this symbolism because you know short of getting to know people and to, and not otherizing them that way it's the literature and what uh, what we do in our culture to to just make people understand what it feels like. Um, so thank you for doing that. It's great. Um, uh, is by the way is it on sale now? That Grace and the Fury. It is. It is. It just came out on uh, Tuesday, July thirty first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there, um, the it's on sale anywhere you'll find books. There's also a, a Target exclusive edition that has a and A Q&A with me and um, an alternate sort of first chapter, bonus first chapter at the end of the book. So. Nice. Yeah, that's very exciting for me. That is exciting. <laughs> that's huge. So. Um, when did you know you were good? And you don't have to be, you don't have to tell us, well, you know, be modest. You're obviously good. <laughs> I've uh, read some of the book online, some of the reviews. Um, um, and you said you wrote your first story when you were five. Yeah. Did you know then, A, this is what you wanted to do, B, that you had a knack for it? Mm-hmm. Um, I knew pretty much from the time that I could read that I wanted to be a writer. I honestly don't remember ever wanting to do anything else. Um, so I was very lucky in that, that I kind mm-hmm. of knew from the beginning. And I could, you know, I, I was an English major in, in college, and I um, did some CTY camps at Johns Hopkins to teach me to write when I was a kid. But in terms of when I knew I had a knack for it and thought I could do it, um, that definitely took longer. I think that... Um, 
particularly with creative pursuits, you know, the messaging we get as children, and, and this is valid, is, is that it's a good hobby, that it's yeah. hard to make money, that it's not a life, you know, that you can't sort of support yourself um, with these kind of creative pursuits. And I think while that's valid, you know, it, it also made me kind of focus on other jobs for a while. You know, I tried to kind of get to it sideways. I worked in publishing for a while. I got a master's in publishing. Um, I think the moment that I realized that, I don't know if it was that I was good or just that, like, I had, I could do this, was probably um, back in 2009 when I completed my first manuscript. I, um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, but it's, a, it's an organization that gets a lot of people together to try to write a novel, 50,000 words, in the month of November. And I did that. My first experience with that was in 2009. And I did it. I wrote a whole book. And wow. I think it took me actually three weeks. I did it a little bit faster than the, than the 30 days. And just being able to finish that and, and do that, and, you know, I revised it, and I actually um, got an agent with that book. Wow. That was really validating. It sort of told me, okay, this thing that you've been dreaming of for so long, you know, you, you can do it for real. Um, and it's taken me, you know, quite, I mean, that was almost a decade ago, so it's taken me quite a while to get from there to, you know, my hardcover book traditionally published on book shelves, but I think that's actually a pretty common story for authors that a lot of times it takes sure. longer than we think. Well, Cass Morgan, author mm -hmm. of the New York Times bestseller, uh, The 100, uh, has this tepid response <laughs> to your work. I have never been actively jealous of a fictional character until now. Aris's adventures may set my imagination on fire and made my heart take flight. Is that Rebel Wing? That's, I, so I have a, a trilogy with an um, Amazon imprint um, that's available on Amazon. The first book is called Rebel Wing. And, and it's... Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it has similar themes to Grace and Fury. Um, it's a little bit more sci-fi. I wrote the first draft of Rebel Wing when my husband was deployed. Um, so it explores more kind of war-type things and separation mm -hmm. and um women in the military <laughs> wow in 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 that book the in that world um women aren't allowed to serve openly in the military they use uh, a disguise there's an underground network of women in disguise in the military it's a little don't Ooh. ask don't tell kind of element to it and she becomes the heiress the main character becomes a pilot a rescue pilot in the military disguised as a man wow so yeah, she follows her boyfriend to war, and then she realizes that there's more to fight for. And it, no one knows it, but we had, uh, there was three women fighter pilots in 1944 in World War II. Really? Were they disguised as men? No, but they, <laughs> okay, imagine I, I how never... damn good oh, they needed to be. No oh, yeah. kidding. <laughs> Well, no, so I've actually kidding. done, like, studies and stuff, and women have um, skills that make them, that often make them better pilots. The, um, the story was partially inspired by the Night Witches in the Russian army during World War II. Um, there, were, there was this unit of female fighter pilots who were called the Night Witches because they flew these really old, rinkety planes that sounded like witches' brooms. Oh wow! Give you an idea of how safe they were, I'm sure. <laughs> Poor guy. And yeah. they were they they were the terror of the skies, which is pretty cool. What are the skills um, that women have that would make them uh, better fire pilots? I could probably I can't think remember. about I think five. Like a like an yeah. eyesight and hand-eye coordination kind of stuff. And I, I can't remember exactly, but it figured in the research. It's been a while since I wrote that mm -hmm. book, but the research figured into. My female pilots. There were quite a few of them. Well, one of them probably is they're 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 willing to swallow their pride to check the radar navigation and ask 
yes. <laughs> to know where they're going. That's right. We do ask for directions. <laughs> Their target is always straight on. Their ego is in, inextricably woven into every uh, <laughs> every fork in the road they reach. <laughs> And I think the ability to work as a, you know, work with the other members of the team, going mm-hmm. back to the ego thing, I think yeah. women are very strategic in that way. And some men are too. I don't want to generalize, but. Yeah. That's that's actually a big theme in Grace and Fury is women working together. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times in, in, in society, you know, there's this kind of, we have to be in competition with one another. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, it's, I think it's. I think it's the patriarchy telling us that mm-hmm. um, because we're not as strong when we're competing against each other. Agreed. Um, so, you know, one of the things, one of the kind of objects in Grace and Fury is that the women have to start working together and they are able to do a lot more together than they are apart. Don't fall. Don't fall hook, line, and sinker for us putting them in the ring and performing and fighting for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up. Women fly with different parts of their brain. There you and, go. And that makes them um, actually better pilots in a lot of certain uh, situations. Yeah. Tracy, or at least good pilots. Maybe not, I don't know about better, but certainly good. And mm-hmm. Tracy, I think it's fun to see more and more like commercial pilots that are female. Oh, I have, yeah. I, I love friend, that. Well, look, look at the commercial pilot. Yeah, well, look at this, um, this pilot. Uh, two months ago, this plane. Um, oh yeah. The window blew out. Uh, yeah, that was a f- and she was so cool under pressure. Yes. I mean, they should play that cockpit recording. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, her and when when Sully landed that plane mm-hmm. in, in the Hudson. I mean, this yeah. is not only it shows just amazing training and mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of forethought, um, but really just. I mean, there was a hole in the plane, and <laughs> they were at like thirty thousand feet. And mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna do this. Okay, we're gonna do that. Yeah. And then um, she closed the circle of that whole part by going back and touching and talking to the passengers yeah. to make sure that they were okay. Like she had the conversation. She went above and beyond in that respect too. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. You know? She's my hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. I, I I have to admit I do not think I would be that calm under that no kind of kidding. pressure. No I kidding. write about these kinds of things because <laughs> I'm not so much of a doer when it comes to <laughs> being calm in a crisis. Well, um, I have I guess I could tell this. You it's an interesting make me story about this <laughs> this captain in the uh, in the Royal Navy uh, 150 years ago. It's supposedly true. I doubt it. But, okay. Um, <laughs> A ship of pirates approached their ship, and the first mate said, Captain, there looks like they're going to board, and there's more of them. Uh, he said, well, let's take our battle stations and bring me my red shirt, my red captain's shirt. Okay, they do it. They fight them off. It's a bloody battle. Um, that's fine. The next day, a bigger uh, amount of pirates come by, and same thing. He goes, Matt... Get the men together, battle stations, and bring me my red shirt. Um, um, he goes, okay, and again, they're successful. And the first mate says, why do you ask me to bring you your red shirt if we're facing a difficult battle? He said, so if I'm wounded, the men won't see me bleeding. Oh. And um, the first mate said, oh, that's, that's amazing. And then the next day, two pirate ships with triple the men of the, of the ship. First mate. They're going to board us, Captain, which I do. He said, uh, should I get your red shirt? He said, no, get me my brown pants. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> you had me. You had me. I was like, the first mate's going to put on a red shirt. They're going to yeah, take I it know, all right? together. <laughs> I'm sorry for that diversion. But oh. When Tracy said I wouldn't be that cool. <laughs> yep, I'd need, my, I'd need my brown pants. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so tracybanger.com t-r-a-c-y-b-a-n-g-h-a-r-t uh saturday september 22nd which disgustingly is oh, less than corner. you know it's not eight months away which is what it's supposed to be when you look at it <laughs> i know oh, yeah. my son just started kindergarten in kentucky they started on august <gasps> 6th 
Oh my gosh. So, like, that should be against the law. It's not even summer anymore here. I know. They're in school. Do wow. they get out in April? Uh, I think May. Okay. I think it's May. Well, that's still not but early. Yeah. <laughs> now, and they do full day kindergarten, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, I was growing up. I remember we did half day, but that was when. I didn't even have kindergarten. Yeah. That's how he old was... I am. <laughs> Grew up in a very he's, he's small really town. He's really enjoyed it so far. Oh, good. Oh, I, I can't imagine the uh, the dinner table discussions every night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, my, my daughter's now 24, who is, mm -hmm. I have to say, she's brilliant, and she's wiser and more mature than me by <laughs> leaps and bounds. Um <laughs> But she was uh, six. It was she was in first grade, and she came home, and I said, "Grace, how?" And her name is Grace. Uh, how was your day? She said, "Oh, good." But uh, Joey Wilson was uh, was bothering me. He mm -hmm. was insulting me, or something like that. So yeah. naturally, I'm like, oh, "Okay, what's his address? I right. want to go kick, kick, <laughs> his, kick right. his father's butt or something." She said, "I said, so what'd you do?" She said, "Nothing. I just told him that if he feels so bad about himself." That he needs to treat me like that to feel good, then he's the one with the problem, not me. Wow, at six. Wow. <laughs> and did you have that moment where you're like, okay, okay, I, I'm I'm doing my job. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm saying I am not. I'm going to make sure that what show what arrived here six years ago, I don't mess up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm staying out of the way. I'm going to unconditional love and support and guidance, but I'm not tweaking anything. <laughs> <laughs> wise awesome. decision wise decision um oh my god so september 20 yeah that's about a month away yeah, yeah. um and uh now are you uh, are you going on a uh, is this part of a book tour you're just coming back to see the folks and you um uh, is that so why you're coming to town I, i'm or? sort of i'm 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 not on an official book tour but i'm kind of spreading out some events um i'm i have an event this weekend in um in Kentucky where I live and then um, I'm going to Toronto next weekend for an event and uh, I'm going to a couple festivals in the fall so um, the Decatur Book Festival oh, wow. for folks in the Atlanta area and then um, so I'm kind of I'm, I'm spreading it out but I'm going to all of my favorite places and seeing all of my favorite people and hopefully they'll come and see me. That's great. Yes, we're well, glad we'll, we're on the list. We'll, we'll oh, make I'm sure thrilled. the place is packed. Mm -hmm. And tell us why uh, Grace and Fury is a duology. Um, I well, partly because that's what the publisher wanted. <laughs> um, to be honest, but I think it's a good. It's <laughs> it's two sisters. So I think it makes sense. They're, um, I mean, both of their points of view are in the first book and in the second book, but um, I think it, it's a nice sort of symmetry to that. We've got the, um, one of the sisters goes through a pretty huge character transform transformation in the first book, and then the second book sort of have this, uh, something similar happens with one the other sister. Um, so I don't know. I think that's kind of what I needed to tell the story. So what do so. we think, uh, Emma Stone? Um, oh yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, because this this has all the makings of making it to the screen. I don't want to jinx oh, you. Oh, I would and... love. I would love that. How fun would that be? That would be amazing. I, uh, um, it's. I think that's at least. I don't know about every author's dream, but that's definitely one of mine to see my characters on screen somehow. Um, but. Yeah. So the second book comes out next summer, in July of 2019. We'll help you cast it, Tracy. Just give us a call. Okay. Right. Yeah. We'll do what I we will. Can. I need my my sort of two Italian esque sisters. Could have some fun with that. <laughs> a young, kind of Mila Kunis. Type. There you go. I like it. So. Um, and tell us, <clears throat> what's your favorite part of writing? Starting or finishing? Or in oh, the finishing. <laughs> Definitely. I, I am much, I much prefer revising to drafting. Okay. The first draft is always just an absolute chore and then the fun begins. So it seems most, most authors we talk to seem to gravitate around the outline being the, mm -hmm. the toughest thing 
-hmm. the least enjoyable part, writing yeah. the outline. I actually used to not write outlines. With some of my early books, I would just sort of wing it. I knew kind of where I was starting and where I was finishing, and, and the middle was kind of, let's see what happens. Um, but with my Rebel Wing series, I worked with Alloy Entertainment. Um, they are responsible for, like, the Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, some of those book series. Wow, that that's a great company. TV shows, yeah. And um, they, they were the ones that had this partnership with Amazon for the imprint that that series was published under. And um, they're very outline, like they do a lot of outlining and plotting, and, and that's kind of where they're real, you know, they're really great at that. And I learned a lot through that process. So now I, I am an outliner. Well, and what do you do? What's the first time? How, how do you handle your son? When, when you're in the middle of this incredibly fertile prose production and he wants to play Candyland. <laughs> well, he, he did go to preschool before kindergarten, and I have an incredibly supportive husband. My husband, Andy, um, is an awesome dad. He's super involved, and um, he will take Ollie, and they'll go to the trampoline park for hours on a Saturday um, or you know, Andy will just tell me to go, and I'll go to Panera Bread or Starbucks or something, and I'll write all day. Um, I also do not sleep as much as the rest of my family, so <laughs> they're all asleep by 10, and I'm awake until midnight or 1, so I do a lot of my writing at night. But um, now that he's in school, I, I sort of, you know, I'll have a little more, like, daytime to work. Well, so. I will tell you, Ollie Banghart is one excellent character. No kidding. Name. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I almost interrupted you to say, what a great name. <laughs> well, Banghart is actually my maiden name, so oh. he has a different last name. But oh, okay. It is similar. So. But if he goes I, into something acting or whatever, that can be his stage name. I, I agree. I think Banghart, I, one of my favorite comments ever in a Goodreads review was I don't think it was I can't remember which book or if it was even a positive review, but um, <laughs> the person said Tracy Banghart is a good author's name, like Aww. you know. And I thought, well, thank you very much. I I do a lot of I don't know. I mess with people's hearts. I guess you could say. I True. I don't know. True. But um, well, I had to keep my maiden name to write just because it is it is a fun name. So. It is. I agree. Uh-huh. Okay, and we'll leave the, leave uh, with this um, from the San, San Francisco Book Review. This book compels the reader forward almost each chapter a single scene as if meant to be filmed. Aha. Uh -huh. What have we there? A little foreshadowing. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, Tracy Bangard, uh, T-R-A-C-Y-B-A-N-G-H-A-R-T.com. September 22nd at Bel Air Library at 2 p.m. We'll see you there, and everyone out there, I think now is going to show up. Absolutely. I, I hope so. Okay. The more the merrier. It's going to be fun. Oh, okay. it'll be fun. And books will be for sale that day, so you can get yeah. your copy and get it signed that day. I'm, I'm already working on the inscription I'm going to ask you to write. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to personalize. I'm starting with an outline, though. Just <laughs> an outline of what he wants you to write. <laughs> All righty. Thanks again, Tracy. Thank, Thank you, you Tracy. so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. We will just stay. Yes, let's just Instead stay. of going to break. We don't need a break. we have stuff to talk about. And actually, Tracy was very interesting and sounds uh, just an enjoyable person to talk Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Something tells me um, we're, we're all going to enjoy those books. Mm -hmm. Okay. Library. Where do we start? What are you guys up to? Oh, my gosh. I'm involved in a few of the things, so. Yes, you are. I'm going to recap something that happened this week that was so amazing. We had a jazz concert and a jazz workshop at the Abington Library on Wednesday, and it was phenomenal. Um, Dan the Daniel Bennett Group, direct from New York City, came down. Um, incidentally, they were our guests on the show last week. Um, we had a wonderful time with them there, and it just continued into Wednesday. We had a packed house and wonderful music and um, just good vibes throughout. The workshop that they did for teens and adults was very well attended. 
people brought their instruments. We did a little jam session. It was really fun. So thank you to everyone who came out for that. Um, it was a great, great experience that night. Um, and then and Bob, guy, go that, ahead. That, that Dan Bennett, what a great guy. And uh -huh. I listened to some more of his stuff during the week. Really just brilliant musician. Very much so. Plays a ton of instruments. They all do. I mean, there are three guys who sound like a huge orchestra. Very creative, very fun, um, just good people. So we talked about this last week. It's almost the end of the summer reading challenge, Bob. No. Doesn't it seem like it just started? No. August 25th is our completion deadline. That's a Saturday coming up very quickly. Um, there's still time to register. Stop at any Harford County Public Library location. If you happen to get your log completed before the 25th, stop by, turn in your log, and you'll get a, an Ironbirds game voucher for a game either on August 16th or August 30th. Um, books that you have read all summer can be added to the log. You don't have to read them between now and that when you turn your log in. So. We encourage as many kids as possible to um, get into your favorite Harford County Public Library location and uh, get your completion stuff in for Libraries Rock, the 2018 Summer Reading Challenge. It's been a really, really fun summer. Um, we've had a lot of great programming, and we still have a lot coming up. Um, one of our most favorite programs is Mr. John and Friends. Um, he is a wonderful, award-winning musician, and he sings and dances and laughs with uh, his cute little puppet friend, George the Monkey, and kids enjoy it, adults enjoy it. We have a program Thursday, August 16th at our Norrisville Library from 11 a.m. to noon, Bel Air Library from 2 to 3, and Whiteford Library from 6.30 to 7.30. And then Friday, August 17th at our Jarrettsville Library, 11 a.m. to noon. On the same date, August 17th at our Aberdeen Library from 2 to 3. And then on Saturday, August 18th at our Joppa Library from 2 to 3 as well. So very, very popular guy. Um, he visits with us in the summer quite often. And this year with the Library's Rock theme, it's just a perfect, perfect match. Um, and that's our big, you know, music it is. So we have another event um, Wednesday, August 15th at our Aberdeen Library from 6 to 7. It's DIY Musical Instruments. So I like that. It That's a really fun event because um, you really get to see the creativity from the kids. Um, it's grades K through 5. We um, help the kids make instruments with everyday objects, recycled materials, um, and this program is supported by the Aberdeen Friends of Harford County Public Library. And I just want to shout out to all of our friends groups at all 11 branches. They are a huge, huge part of our Summer Reading Challenge. They support so many programs, so many activities, and we really couldn't do it without them. So thank you to all the friends groups for all that you do. We appreciate it, um, and I know our customers appreciate it. And uh, come to the Barbecue Bash tonight. Yeah. Our team HCPL will be one of the Kiss a Pig teams that is going to be up there on the stage because they hit it out of the park um, and raised a ton of money for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Uh, Mr. Hogan will be there up on the stage as well, starting about 6.30. And we're going to be up there at 7. And if you want to watch Mary Hassler and Jen Button, Kiss Little Cute Little Piglet, um, make sure you come by Barbecue Bash tonight. And I think we're done. I think we uh, got a lot covered. And we did. Thanks again to Tracy Banghart for coming along. Uh, Bel Air Library, uh, September 22nd. Make sure uh, you go on hcplonline.org and check her out. Yes, for sure. All right, guys, that's all the time we have today for the Hartford Edge. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.